Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Life Rewired podcast, and thank you guys for joining us on this Monday, December 19th. We're really excited for today's episode. We're going to be doing Christina's 29 life lessons to honor her birthday, which is next weekend, Christmas Eve. She is a Christmas baby, and we are super excited to get this out to you guys. We were talking about it actually on our entire way up to Akron this past weekend as we were visiting her family, her sister, her mom. And, you know, we just kept diving into all these different topics that we're going to be talking about today. And we know that literally between the both of us, we can talk on every single one of these topics, all 29, all day long. And we are just so excited to get this out to you guys. But before we begin, this episode is brought to you by Nash Nutrition. The Nash Bar is made with simple and nourishing ingredients, 20 grams of protein, and is naturally sweetened with honey and dates. And something that we've found recently is, you know, anytime we recommend these bars to our clients, they have no problem hitting their protein goals. You know, with the amount of protein that's in each bar, it really does help us and our clients achieve, you know, our total protein goal for the day. So we cannot speak highly enough about the Nash Bar. You know, they we really do love these bars. They're bars that I eat every single day in the gym when I'm on my feet and on the go. And I can always rest assured that they're minimally processed and filled with whole nutrients and ingredients. And so check out the link in our show notes after the episode and get your guys yourselves a, a box of bars that you can try. We know you guys are going to love them. Exactly. And I'm so excited for today's episode. I feel like in the years past, it's taken me a long time to list out my life lessons. And I think this was the quickest I've ever come up with them. I feel like I rattled off like 25 straight before having to like dig really, you know, deep because I feel like this year, year was the most transformative for me, like ever, to be quite honest, obviously. I think for both of us. Yeah. And that's what's cool because like as I experienced these life lessons, Zach also was experiencing very similar life lessons. Like we were like, learning these lessons parallel and obviously we got engaged this year so we have so many like big life events paired with these lessons so I'm really excited more for this one than I was last year just any year prior so I've been doing life lessons and goal setting since I was like 18 obviously I've learned a lot since then um 10 plus years later oh my goodness this is my last left life lessons as a 20 something so in your 20s yes (laughs) so I'm excited to kick things off but I highly encourage you guys to also like I love having my birthday around the new year and like Christmas because I work, you know, in like this book of life and like each chapter ends as the year is ending for me because my birthday is so close to the new year. So I highly recommend like listing off goals you want to achieve in the new year, make them very tangible, but also make them scary. And we'll talk more about that in one of my goals of, I won't spoil it, but anyways, you guys should definitely look at the lessons you learned this past year because it's hard to goal set on the next year when you haven't looked at how far you've come this year. List out all your accomplishments, like the smallest life lessons, the smallest goals you've accomplished. That will help you goal set for the new year. So for me, number one is that burnout is real. I feel like from January to April of this year, it was the most burnt out I've ever been. And I always knew burnout was real, but until you experience it, it's like you don't realize how much impacts every area of your life impacts your relationships. It impacts your weekends when you don't have that work-life balance. It truly impacts your fitness, your mental health, every single area of your life. If anyone tells you burnout is not real, run in the other direction. And honestly, I reached a breaking point this year and that's what led me to go off on my own and start my own coaching business again. I obviously ran Belt and Balance back in 2018, 2019, 2020, but she's back and better than ever. And I feel like now that I have that work-life balance, I'll never sacrifice it for anything because now I see what you know my mental health and physical health is like when stress isn't hindering every single area. And I feel like after I became, when I cured my burnout, I guess I'll say, and I'll go into like how I did that. 
But Zach was like, I didn't know this version of you existed (laughs) because it became like all I knew. And so it's really cool to see like how light I feel after curing that burnout. And I see a lot of my clients struggle with it too. So I highly recommend just like taking inventory on a weekly basis of what your stress levels look like, what your work-life balance looks like. Is there anything that can be changed? Is there anything you can communicate or just honestly advocate for yourself and your health because no job or situation you're in is worth sacrificing your mental health, your stress levels, your life outside of work. So I highly recommend looking out for those symptoms of like high stress. It's causing like anxiety. It's you're just super lethargic. And when you're burnt out, you have like no desire or motivation for anything. So I lost my passion for like training. I lost my passion for like personal development for all these things that I love so much. And on the weekends, I literally just wanted to be like a hermit. So really take inventory of what your life looks like. And I kind of have like a tool belt that I use to like give my clients to cure burnout. I actually have a training on it. We have a stress management podcast episode a while back, but the book that changed the game for me, it was called Becoming Superwoman. It's a 12-step guide to cure burnout. I actually listened to the whole book in 24 hours on my way home from Akron one time. We get a lot done on our drives to and from Akron. When we take road trips, we really take advantage of our time, and I highly recommend you guys do the same, but this book, she talked about how her burnout, she's an author and like a huge person in the media. She was on the news, the author of this book, Nicole Lappin. And she talked about her burnout got so severe. She was hospitalized. And I was like, I will never let myself get to that point. So I followed the steps, made some changes, and it was the best decision I could have ever made. And I think you guys can learn a very valuable lesson from what Christina just said. It's like, sometimes you literally have to get there to realize just how and when to pull back. And I think that that's a valuable lesson. And it's something that I personally learned, you know, throughout our trajectory in entrepreneurship, it's very, very difficult to balance. Like we're just being real. Like it is very, very hard to balance, you know, your, your day-to-day life, your work life, everything begins to blend together, especially when you care at the level that Christine and I truly do care when it comes to serving our people and serving our clients and doing the passionate work that we do day in and day out. It's very easy to get so consumed by it. And sometimes you have to get to that breaking point. You have to get to that burnout to realize where your threshold really is. And I feel like I've gone through that myself throughout, you know, these last couple of years of, you know, I'm I'm a very much so goal oriented person and I'm really trying to push and always get better every single day, sometimes to my own detriment, you know, where I'm just like pushing and pushing and pushing. And I know Christina sometimes reminds me like Zach, like slow down, like you got time. It's okay. And like, you know, I had to figure this out for myself, you know, kind of like Christina did where, where is my threshold? How much can I handle? Cause when you're an entrepreneur, you really don't know until you know. And for all of you out there that may not even be entrepreneurs, I'm sure you know what we're talking about in relation to what you do for work or what you do in your day to day, especially, you know, for many of you out there balancing so many different obligations, it's very easy to allow every single thing in our life to run together and just become this overwhelming mess. And that's why Christine and I are such big promoters of personal development and structure because structure will bring you freedom. If you guys can get very clear on where that burnout threshold is and understand how you can design your day, your week, your month, your year in a way that's going to help you level up, but not reach that burnout and reach that E kind of hovering like right at the edge, you know, sometimes, but not really pushing yourself over that threshold where, you know, you do start to resent your work. You do start to resent the things that you love. You know, it's so important to always take kind of an evaluation of where you're at. How are you feeling? You know, are you reaching that level of burnout? It's something we give, give our clients and our check-ins because we know for a damn fact No one else is asking them that in their life. You know, we live in a culture where we almost encourage burnout. It's like work till, you know, you literally can't even function. And it's like, that's no way to live. It doesn't matter. Hustle culture is, I think, it's overrated. Very overrated. 
You know, balance is, is truly key, guys. Balancing everything that we're trying to do in life. Because how can we even enjoy it if we're consumed by it? How can we even press pause and look at our amazing life, you know, from an outside perspective and say, you know, I'm really grateful if we're constantly burnt out and constantly in that lack mindset. And I think, you know, it can be very beneficial for us to just take that inventory, pull back and understand where our threshold is and constantly assess, are we pushing it too hard or can we pull back a little bit for our own sanity and for our own mental health? That's why I think it's important to have people in your life who you can communicate with because for me, I didn't realize I was like reaching that level of burnout, but like Zach picked up on it, my mom picked up on it, and I got to the point where like, to be real, it was like what felt like to me an anxiety attack, and my mom was like, something's not right. You only ever get to this point of like anxiety when you're resisting change, and I think when we let ourselves get that burnt out, it's because we need to make a big change, whether that's in a career, in any area of life, but we're resisting that change. It causes that buildup of anxiety or that increase in burnout, your tank is on E because you're so stressed and you don't have that work-life balance. Sometimes you need people in your life to be like, hey, you have to make some changes or you're not, this isn't sustainable what you're doing. So making those changes, it's a big leap. But I think that when people in your life speak up on it and like, that's what we sometimes have to do for our clients. Like we'll see constantly like a five out of five level of stress constantly. And we'll have to be like, what changes can we make in order to prevent this from being a constant for you? Because your body, your cortisol levels, your fight or flight mode, like eventually you're going to fizzle out and we want to prevent that from happening. So having people in your life who can speak on that to you or like look out for you and a coach is a great way to do that. But I'm very grateful for the people in my life who helped me. And we could do, I guess, a whole episode on burnout, given how passionate we are about it, just because this year brought a lot of insight for us of like, what matters most to us and it's quality time with our people it's time with our parents it's time with like our friends and having the weekends to actually like fill up our cups versus be hermits so <laughs> we'll, we'll dive into number two because this kind of helped me cure that burnout which is leaning into the personal development you're resisting this year i read a lot of books that were like more deeper personal development and i think that a lot of times we resist the books we know that we need just by like the title of the book or the description you're like oh i need to hear this but i'm just not ready for it and that's what you need to read the most. That's what you need to lean into. So I read a couple of books this year that really changed the trajectory of my year and gave me a lot of life lessons. And that was The Mountain Is You. It was How to Do the Work. We talked a lot about these on like the whole personal development book recommendations episode. But those two books alone, like How to Do the Work, um, The Gifts of Imperfection and The Mountain Is You were the three books I needed because I'm a chronic perfectionist. And Brene Brown is like the queen of vulnerability and being imperfect in that book started to like shed some layers for me of like, okay, what do I truly value? Like, how am I showing up? And when you're an unhealthy version of an Enneagram three, or like very, you're in a perfectionist overworking, like hustle, 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 hustle person. And that was what the whole like first quarter of my year was. So that book started to like chip away at the layer that I was like using to shield me from making this big life change. And then reading the how to do the work in the mountain is you I was realizing I'm self sabotaging from happiness for this next level of my life, because I'm too scared to make that leap. And Christina like nailed it on the head. Personal development is going to inherently be uncomfortable. Like personal development, this podcast at times has probably, you know, kind of pushed and pinched at certain pain points for you guys. That is the point. You know, in order for us to make change, we have to almost get, you know, really uncomfortable. We have to peel back layers of the onion. And I feel like personal development is what's is what gets you out of your own way. Like a lot of times we get so consumed by our life. We get so consumed by all these obligations. We get so consumed by what everyone else has and what we don't have. We get consumed by all of these things going on in our lives. And sometimes when we get so warped and wrapped up in that, 
We can't even like, we don't even have the emotional capacity or the perspective to even pull ourselves out of that and realize what's happening. We're just so unindated and caught up in that moment. And I truly do believe that personal development is the catalyst to pull ourselves out of that funk and out of that, out of our own way and realize what we need to work on. What do we need to do to achieve the things we want in life? What are the areas we need to change in order to get the outcome that we're ultimately looking for? Because if we just stay in our own way and we get so consumed by that all of the time, we're never going to even give ourselves that opportunity to experience any sort of growth in any area of life. So a lot of times that personal development, if it's uncomfortable, keep pushing. You know, I always think about when I was listening to Jeremy Scott's podcast in my, in my car and, you know, shout out to Jeremy, we're going to have him on the podcast next month, but I, it was just so profound. You know, I literally remember like driving around in my car and I like literally had to turn it off. Like I had to stop listening to his podcast because I've literally felt like this man was reaching through the speakers in my car and like grabbing my head and shaking it. Like, what the fuck are you doing with your life? Like you got to start making changes. You got to start getting out of your own way because that's the kind of life you ultimately want. And we have to go through that discomfort and we have to go through those really fucking uncomfortable conversations to get to a level of growth that we've never been able to get to before. Oh, how can I even follow that up? That was epic. And there was something else I wanted to add to that. It will come back to me, but about personal development. Oh, the last thing I want to say before we go into number three is so many of you have reached out to me and like, message me on Instagram about certain episodes that we've done that are uncomfortable. Like I think the most popular one is like trusting your gut because we both talked about big life decisions we had to make in that season of our lives. And a lot of you were talking about like leaving marriages or like leaving cities or jobs that like are not meant for you. And that that episode like really was like the sign you were looking for. And I feel like when I was going through these seasons of life, we're like, I needed a sign. I needed a sign. It's like, we appreciate you guys being, being vulnerable to like reach out to us and say like this episode change something for me and was that flag or you know that sign I was looking for essentially and so we've been in your shoes before where we were looking for that sign the like okay if I see one more sign I'm gonna make a change and sometimes it's personal development it's a podcast episode and I feel like with this episode being like a birthday special it may sound silly but like maybe this is what you need to hear to lean into that personal development or lean into the episode that really speaks to you and that's true strength like especially for those guys listening like I know us guys put up a shield and we are so we so much run away from being vulnerable and it's like true strength is staring yourself in the mirror and realizing like I need to make change. It's accepting and realizing like what I am doing is not giving me the result that I want and I need to make change. And that is true strength. Anytime we see you guys reposting something about the podcast, reposting a learning point, like that fires us up because we know you're growing. We know that you are putting in the reps and putting in the work to facilitate change in your life. And only through that are we able to find what truly aligns us and fulfills us on a day-to-day basis. And listening to personal development is like, some of my clients will mention that it's like um, a workout for your brain or it's brain fuel. Like, Like we eat healthy meals and we work out, but personal development is the brain version of that. And that kind of segues perfectly into number three, which is that meditation can truly change your life. When I was going through that season of burnout, I know I mentioned like PD books and this little tool belt that like truly saved me. And one of those things was meditation. I was like hopping around from all these different meditation apps because I'm just like, I need something to like save me from fight or flight mode because I was in it constantly. And I started doing certain apps. Like I did superhuman at first. I did calm. And then Calm, when I did that app, I realized like, okay, I did like a LeBron James series, as you know, um, we mentioned a couple times I'm from Akron. So I was like, oh, LeBron series, I'll do that. Because it was like about like being an athlete, but it was also about like the mental health and just like 
a little serious. So I'm like, if I can do this for 10 days, like I may finally get meditation to stick because this was the one thing I was also resisting, like certain PD books, meditation, because it's what I needed most. But I'm just like, it felt very woo-woo to me. Like I didn't see the benefits in one day. So I'm like, okay, on to the next thing. Like what's truly going to help me? But you need to do it repetitively. And like, it's a compound effect of doing five minutes a day. We don't meditate for 20 minutes. We don't meditate for 30 minutes, an hour. Like a lot of people are very extreme about it. And that's what works for them. We just need five minutes every day, every day. It works for us to do the, we're on the superhuman, not superhuman. What after you? Headspace. Headspace. <laughs> I'm naming so many different things. I can't even remember. Headspace app. We use that every single day. We just do the daily meditation on the home screen for five minutes together. And just like literally breathing for one minute. Like if you're so busy, you can't do five minutes. Just breathe for one minute. Don't be on your phone. Close your eyes. Do deep breathing. And I promise you, your heart rate will drop. Your stress levels will drop and you'll feel so much better. I truly think meditation, I should have put that as like number one, but these aren't in any like specific order. It's just like as they rolled out of my brain, but meditation is like one of the number one things I'd recommend from 2022 for me. Yeah. And just as Christina said, I was even resistant to doing meditation at first as well. And then when I was seeing the benefit that it was having in Christina's life, I saw, you know, the benefit that it was having in my dad's life, even the research that we were doing on the benefits of meditation. I was very much so convinced to finally take that leap, give it a try. And it made a huge difference in my life. And really, I love, you know, personally, just the message that is always portrayed through the meditation. So it's not even just, you know, the practice itself. But, you know, the person that's giving the guided meditation is always talking about detaching from what's going on kind of in like the physical space around you and really getting present with yourself, you know, really detaching and not allowing everything in our life to dominate our emotions. And I know for me, that was something I really struggled with where, you know, when things in work were going well, I was in a good mood when things were going bad in work, I was in a shitty mood and I would always kind of let these external factors impact how I felt deep down and emotionally. And, you know, by meditating and through this practice, it truly did help me kind of get out of my own way and totally detach from these things where, you know, we kind of can view just these things as they come, you know, just view them from afar, you know, detach from them emotionally and view them as they are and as it, as it is versus overthinking it or dwelling on it or allowing it to put turbulence on kind of your internal emotion. Yeah. And I remember there was a couple of times where like, we'll do our morning meditation together. There was times where like you had to rush out the door because like we either hit snooze or like our morning routine of like drinking greens, filling up our waters and all that took too long journaling. And you've run out the door. And I remember you like texted me and you were like, I can like mentally tell the days we I make it the time to meditate and the days where I can't, it impacts your whole day. And it's like mind blowing how I respond to things so much differently now that I'm meditating consistently. It's probably been like a year now. And old me, I would literally freak out at the littlest thing. And now it's just like Zach said, like they actually talk about in meditation, like you're watching your emotions or things happening to you, just like cars, like on a highway, you're just like watching them pass. You don't have to react. You don't have to jump in front of the car and let it like, you know, derail your entire day. And that's where like the game changed for me when I saw the impact in you on the days where you did and did not meditate. So mm-hmm. highly recommend the app we use is Headspace. And yeah, every day is a different theme. And it's just like a minute blurb of like a little motivational or like personal development type quote that he's talking about. Each day has a theme and at the end you get a quote card and it's kind of cute to like share on your story. But anyways, number four is switching gears a little bit, a little fitness related. You guys know from our previous episodes of Life Lessons, they're kind of all over the place, which is kind of fun because some are serious, some are lighthearted. This one is fitness related. Don't be afraid to reverse diet. And I've reverse dieted multiple times before, but I'll be quite honest, like my consistency in the years prior 
wasn't there as much. Around this time last year, I was reverse siding. I was at the tail end of my reverse. On my birthday episode last year, I think I actually like was about to start cutting again. And we had gone to a couple of trips. Then we went to a wedding. We went to New York City. And on the weekends, I'd be like, I'm in maintenance. I don't have to track. And I would get a little bit more lax with it. So I had gained a couple pounds in the reverse diet. So I wasn't as consistent as I would like to be. So this time around, I'm like, I'm going to be so consistent in my cut, so consistent in my reverse. And at the end of my cut, end of my reverse, I was eating 600 calories more, weighing the exact same on the scale. Obviously, the scale isn't everything, but my body fat percentage and muscle mass was significantly different than it was this time last year by just going through those cycles we talked about in that series of reverse dieting, maintenance, and cutting. With that consistency that's necessary to see the benefit, a lot of people are afraid to reverse diet because they're like, oh, I've done it in the past and I've gained weight. And honestly, that's how I can, like, I've always been passionate about reverse dieting, but in order to convince people, I had to be like, I got to be consistent myself in order for my clients to trust the process. And I have so many testimonials of people who have lost weight in reverse, or they have maintained weight, build lean muscle mass, changed their body composition, added lean muscle mass, their metabolism is thriving. They're eating double what they were before, but I had to prove it to myself in order to prove it to my clients. So doing this reverse diet this time, I had a lot of skin in the game. I really wanted to practice what I preach here. So this was my most successful reverse diet because I tracked on the weekends. I made sure my water and steps were hit. My previous reverse diet, once the winter months hit, we didn't have a walking pad. And I'm like, eh. my activity dropped a little bit. No big deal, but it was a big deal. You have to really hit those small habits. We talk about it all the time. They're non-negotiables for a reason. So it's not just about increasing your calories, but you also have to keep those habits in place. I train at higher intensity, this reverse diet. And all of those things made a huge impact in the reverse diet this time around. So now having all those puzzle pieces fit together, I was able to increase my calories up to maintenance and weigh the exact same. And it was such a powerful feeling to be like, you don't have to be afraid of like eating more. And since eating more, my energy is higher. My digestion is better. My strength is a lot higher. I have a better, you know, quality of life when you're at maintenance versus a calorie deficit. You don't have to try as hard on the weekends to stay within your guidelines because your calories are so much higher. So it allows you to have more balance on the weekends, a little bit more freedom but you still have to stay consistent in order for the reverse diet to work. So don't be afraid to eat more ladies out there. You just got to be consistent and trust the process and let your metabolism work its magic as you increase calories over time. Because now I'm eating this time last year, I was even able to bring my calories higher than my last maintenance. My body composition, muscle mass and body fat are so different. Yeah. And I think reverse dieting like really paints the bigger picture of like what to do after a cut, for example. Like I feel like a lot of people talk about like bulking and cutting and maintenance, but no one really like brings the picture full circle for you guys and so that really has been our main motivation especially with that reverse dieting episode is like really trying to show you guys kind of that bigger picture like what do you do after a cut you know you can only cut for so long you can only keep pulling those calories away and i think that that's honestly the detriment of a lot of people christina sees it with the women she coaches i see it with the men that i coach but we tend to just keep pulling away pulling away, pulling away and dropping and dropping and dropping. And before you know it, that's why you have, you know, some women, you know, coming into coaching programs like what Christina does, you know, at very, very low thresholds of calorie caloric intake, like so low, it's even dropping below their basal metabolic rate for daily basic function. And I see the same with men, you know, a lot of men struggling to put on size and put on muscle mass, they tend to fall into that same category where they just keep dropping and dropping and dropping. And before you know it, you know, you've gotten so low and your body's metabolically adapted to that low amount of calories. Anytime you do jump those calories up, you know, you're probably going to retain some of that excess weight. And so that's why a reverse diet is so powerful because it's an incremental process. It's allowing your body to get adjusted and adapt to those refeeds. Like I think back to when I was just like yo-yo dieting and kind of all over the place, all over the place um, years ago, you know, I wish someone, you know, would have told me 
what reverse dieting is. Like, hey, hey man, like instead of you just like throwing in all these excess calories, like why don't you just allow your body to adapt a little bit over time? And it's pretty unbelievable, guys, to see the changes that we see in clients with this reverse diet. And similar to, similarly to what we said on that episode, everybody has a little bit of a different result, you know, depending on, once again, kind of your background and how you've previously dieted, what are your eating habits like, what are your training habits like, you know, what are, what are you eating like right now? Those are obviously many things that we assess as we're, you know, trying to figure out if a reverse diet makes sense. But yeah, I just had a, you know, recent client who's actually a Navy SEAL. I mean, it's unbelievable. He came to me consuming like way low in calories and he's a super active dude obviously like being a navy seal he's had a lot of physical challenges and physical tests throughout his trajectory in that profession and so he came to me you know eating you know i'll just like kind of break down his example but like eating pretty low around um you know like 23 2200 calories about and we just slowly increased his calories up and he actually wanted to lose weight he was getting to be like um you know 180 pounds per se and he wanted to drop back down into like 170 pounds lean with a lot of muscle and literally throughout us increasing his calories because he was in that deep, steep deficit for so long, we've got him all the way up to maintenance and he has literally lost like 10 pounds. And like he hit his 170 pound goal through our reverse diet before even we before we even did a cut. And so it's like unbelievable to see the changes in people's physiques and in their body and in the way that they perform and all of the above through a reverse diet. So, you know, if you are someone struggling and don't really know where to turn, you know, say you've done a diet or you've cut, you bulked and you haven't really found success, we highly recommend you go back to that episode and give it a listen because I really do think it'll kind of paint that bigger picture for you guys. Like I said, I mean, we're literally giving you guys stuff. I wish, I, I literally wish I had someone telling us you know, telling me these things that we're telling you guys right now, it can expedite so much frustration and just really set you up for success long term. Exactly. And I mentioned a little bit in that reverse diet section about how my strength increased in a reverse diet. You can obviously build strength in a calorie deficit. I think a lot of people think that like, cause they're in a cut, they can't like PR, but that's not true to an extent. Like I built a lot of strength in my cut, but you have more energy when you have more fuel. Like food is literally fuel. And number five is you are stronger than you think. And during my reverse diet and actually the tail end of my cut, I was able to do a pull up for the first time in like five, six, actually since I was in college. So it's been a long time. I don't even remember how old I was when I graduated college, but it's been a long time. So you're stronger than you think. I was able to hit some PRs this past year that I had never hit before. And I was able to do a pull up for the first time in a long time. And that felt really empowering. And there was no coincidence that I'm, you know, feeling my body more, just training strategically, all these things we share with you guys. And I was able to hit a pull up. I did a reel. And if you haven't seen it yet, go look, it's from the summer. And I felt strong as hell when I was recording that and doing it. And it was just such an empowering habit because I think every time a woman coach comes into my coaching program, their main goal is either to do a push up or a pull up. But you got to have that progressive overload. You got to train those eccentrics and you also have to feel your body properly. Yeah. And like literally no one progressively overloads. So <laughs> if you do that, you will see strength gains. I promise you. Um, but I think it just paints a, a really good picture. You know, I have guys come into my program who really, you know, their programming is all over the place. They don't really follow any sort of progressive overload. And it's just like crazy to see how shocked they are when they start following a progression and protocols and, the, and you see, you know, the building that happens from week to week to week and the strength that you can really unleash and it's unbelievable. So give yourself a chance, you know, get outside your comfort zone and you know if if what you've been doing isn't giving you the results you want, there's probably a good that's a pro probably a good sign that you need to change some things up. So push outside your comfort zone and always see, you know, what you're capable of. I think that that's important. That's right.
And number six is vulnerability is not a weakness. I think that sharing a lot in this podcast, there's such thing as like a vulnerability hangover and there's certain things that I'll share and be like, oh, you know, I don't feel so good about sharing that. But then I'll get a message like, I'm so glad you guys shared that. You're, you know, you guys mentioned to us that we're very authentic and to us like speaking into this microphone. It's so crazy to think like the people all over the world are listening to this. And sometimes that's scary to be vulnerable, especially on social media and just like in real life too. But I think the more vulnerable I am with Zach, the stronger our relationship is. When I'm vulnerable with my clients, the stronger our relationship is and just everyone in your life. And so that started to show me like, okay, you don't have to be perfect all the time. Like it's still something I struggle with. And that's something I'm in therapy for, you know, many things. And we'll talk about therapy later. But reading that book, The Gifts of Imperfection from Brene Brown, if you struggle with being vulnerable, I highly recommend. She has so many books, but that was the main book where I really recognized like you will never have true connections if you're not vulnerable. And so we wanted to share that with you guys, just how much has changed our life in 2022. And as a 29-year-old, well, I'm not 29 yet, but 28-year-old, how much has changed my life this year? If I wasn't vulnerable enough to like have all these realizations that we've already talked about, like one through five, I wouldn't be where I am today ending this year. And I think being vulnerable is one of those key pieces. Yeah. And I think vulnerability is just a matter of like accepting the fact that it's not going to be perfect and that it's okay to ask for help. I think that that's one of the most challenging things for guys to do. I mean, how many, how many more stories do we have to hear of guys, you know, swallowing their pride and and not being vulnerable and it just leading to their detriment? Like we need to stop that shit. Like guys need to get vulnerable. Like wake up, open up. It's okay. Like it's not a sign of weakness. It's like I said earlier, it is a sign of strength to be able to say this part of me is not right. And I am going to take action to change this thing. Nothing changes if, if nothing changes. If you just sit there, you know, and you, and you decide to grovel in a lot of these things that you wish you were maybe opening up about, you know, don't wait one more second and literally just open up, you know, be vulnerable. If you're vulnerable, other people will be vulnerable too. And I know that this is something that I'm by no means perfect at, you know, me, um, you know, opening myself up, like Christina said, on social media and things like that. Like, it's very difficult to like, be fully vulnerable, show the mistakes, show, you know, the not unglamorous side of things. You know, I'm trying to do that more and more um, to open up to you guys and show you my vulnerabilities. And I feel like every time I do that, you know, it always has a positive response, especially among a lot of the former athletes that I coach and a lot of the former athletes who see, you know, kind of my story and and the things that I'm doing now. I know, you know, I had a new story done here locally in Columbus, Ohio, where, you know, they touched on kind of what I do now, helping former athletes um, in life after sport and life after football. And, you know, I know I got a lot of positive feedback from that, from being vulnerable and opening up and talking about my story. And then, you know, other people are then more susceptible to open up about their stories. And so, you know, I just think it can be such a benefit and such a powerful tool, no matter who you are or what you're doing in life, it can be such a powerful thing that you do. Yes. Don't be afraid to ask for help. Being vulnerable is not a weakness. I feel like we had to say that again, just to really drive it home. But number seven is making monthly mood boards and monthly goals. And a lot of people will set goals in the new year. And I've done this my whole life too, like New Year's resolutions. And then you get to the end of the year and you're like, oh, I forgot about those. But every single month, like when we're journaling in the morning and I see the date and I'm like, oh, it's the first month, got to set monthly goals. And they can be business related. They can be fitness related. They can be financial. Like I try to make one in like all areas of life. Like what's a personal goal I want to achieve? What's a strength goal? What's a 
financial goal, a business related goal. And for us being entrepreneurs, it's really important to set monthly goals like that because no one's telling us like, here's what you have to achieve. Like there's no blueprint. We just have to constantly stay motivated with our own fitness and our own businesses. And so we'll share our monthly goals with each other and that helps us to stay accountable. But I will also create like mood boards, you know, aesthetic Pinterest mood boards for like my Instagram and I'll share them because it number one inspires you guys to make monthly mood boards and set monthly goals. And then also it's a visual representation of those goals. And I think it hits a lot it hits home a little bit more when you can visually see what that will look like to achieve it. And it's very motivating. It's like a monthly vision board. And I think those do really well, especially for women, because we like to create like the collages and the aesthetic images to represent our goals. And it really helps us stay accountable and stay motivated all year long by doing that on a monthly basis. Yeah. And having something concrete that, you know, you're consciously working toward, it's just a great reminder. You know, it's a, it's what you fall back on, you know, when you don't feel like it, it's what you fall back on when, you know, things might not be going your way. Like having these goals established, it's always in the back of your mind. You know, when you don't feel like it, when you don't want to show up, it helps you win those internal battles and keep showing up and keep showing up for yourself, no matter what it is you're looking to achieve or trying to achieve, having those goals established really helps you create a stronger, more foundational why, I believe, you know, week to week, month to month, and even year to year. This is something we do a lot. You know, ever, ever since Christine and I started dating, you know, this is something that we kind of do collectively and individually, and we talk about it, and we, you know, put it out there. We, we tell each other. We hold each other accountable. We help each other, you know, in those, in those times where we are feeling that lack of motivation, and so I think it's so important just to have something tangible. Otherwise, you know, we're kind of just operating in limbo. Mm-hmm. And we were actually just sharing our goals for the next year of life on our dog walk before this episode. So like sharing them out loud, just like in those situations helps you obviously get closer as a couple. If you're in a relationship, like sharing your goals is something that's so important because your goals are, you know, their goals, like you're building a life together and it's important to share it. So make monthly goals and mood boards. So number eight is stress impacts your body more than you realize. And I kind of share a lot about stress in number one, which was about burnout, but I didn't realize how much it impacted me. I shared a little bit in the reverse diet section too, about how last year my cut didn't, or my reverse diet and my cut like wasn't as consistent. And I truly think it was because I was operating at like a five out of five level of stress for like an entire year. And it impacted, like I look back at pictures in my eyes, like my face, my acne, my puffiness of my body and just like inflammation as a whole and even like my friendships and really like it just impacted like every single area of my life and now that I know what it feels like to be like five out of five and like how I know what it feels like to be like a one out of five and like how I feel so much healthier like mentally and physically I have more energy I have less brain fog I'm able to do more in the gym and do more outside of the gym and I just feel like a completely different person and I will never sacrifice like my health for stress again and doing those things like meditation and therapy and reading personal development that helps you decrease stress levels and all these things like make such a huge impact and you have no idea how high like stress levels and also just like being in that fight or flight mode all the time like having those high levels of stress you're it's the arch nemesis like if you guys want to get like motivated in terms of fitness like it's the arch nemesis of fat loss and weight loss like you cannot achieve the what your body's capable of if your cortisol levels are very high if your stress is high if you're never in rest and digest state, it's going to be, it's going to impact your digestion. Like I literally thought I had like IBS or SIBO last year. And once I changed my stress levels, I'm like, huh, it's funny how all that's gone. <laughs> like the bloat's gone. The digestion issues are gone. The brain fog is gone. Just like in photos, I'm like, oh my gosh, I feel like a different person. So it impacts you more than you realize. And that's why we always, always, always talk about like paying attention and being self-aware about these things. So go back to the stress management episode. If you're like, wow, these are all red flags in my life. I feel the exact same. Go back and listen to that. And no one else is going to sit here and tell you guys to prioritize your mental health and regulating stress. You know, it's not popular. We live in a culture where it's like, 
literally die for your salary, die for your job, die for your work. And it's like, we need to change that narrative. There is literally no monetary value worth just (laughs) constant, constant burnout and stress. Like I truly, it's just like, it's a, it's a shift we need to make, you know, in our culture, because at the end of the day, if you think about anybody like, like transport mentally yourself to your 80, 90 year old self, like the only thing you're, you, you will die for your better health. You will die to just have a little bit less stress and a little bit more time on this, on this, on this planet. And Put yourself in that mentality and realize like these things you're dying for are really not that serious. Like at the end of the day, if we could get our health back, we'd pay any amount of money when we're 80, 90, 100 years old to get our health back, to get our mental health back, to get our physical health back. So why are we not doing these things now? Why are we not prioritizing our mental health, our regulation of stress, our physical health? All of these things are compounding either for us or against us. Exactly. We're going to talk about the compound effect a lot in this, which drives us right into number nine, which is that you need to invest in yourself. This past year, Zach and I both invested in business coaching, and we obviously talk a lot about how we invested in Stacia as our financial coach, and that has positively impacted our life like more than we can even explain. Even with her, we went back to my goals I set last year at this time, and it's just insane to see the growth from last year to this year. But if you don't have someone holding you accountable, it isn't comfortable to invest. And we know that like investing in coaching is scary, but for us, like investing in business coaching, like we would not be where we are today. And we have a lot of you guys who ask us business advice. And honestly, like I've hired three business coaches in my time and over all of that, like obviously there's payment plans and things like that, but I've invested like over 20K into my business. And you guys may not see like the behind the scenes of like, we have to do module, like I've done modules, I've done all these like this homework, I've done calls outside of coaching. So it's kind of like a part-time job on top of your current business. So if you're a coach out there who wants to level up your business, like I truly don't think you can do it without investing in yourself in some way, shape or form. Like there's courses, there's business coaches, there's a lot of affordable ones. And obviously I started very small, like back in 2018 and have built my way up to investing more. And I think that I would, I would never be where I am today without investing in that business coaching. And I know Zach took a big leap investing in business coaching recently. And we always talk about how coaches need coaches. So if you're somebody who, even if it's just fitness coaching, like Think about where you could be a year from now if you invest in something. It's uncomfortable for sure. But to me, being in the same exact place, frustrated, spinning my wheels and hopping from thing to thing to thing and like still being frustrated in the same spot is scarier to me than investing because what's the worst that can happen? You're five steps ahead instead of 10. Like you're still going to grow and learn and change from that experience. And I think that's invaluable. It can just expedite the whole entire process for you like so much quicker. And I'm glad that Christina modeled that for me. And, you know, she really encouraged me and showed me that it's, you know, it's okay to ask for help. It's okay to kind of like we were talking about earlier, being vulnerable. And I think this was something that was really challenging for me. It's really tough to be like, I do not know this thing that I want to know. And I'm going to go out and ask for help and not even ask for help, but I'm going to put skin in the game. I'm going to invest my money in learning this thing. And I just think it's so cool for us to witness like our clients, for example, when they invest in us for coaching, fitness coaching, just to see the the progress that they've expedited in their fitness journey by, you know, reaching out and getting outside of their comfort zone. And the same thing happened with Stacia. I mean, oh my God, like I can't even, I literally guys can't even wrap my head around the financial position we would be in if it wasn't for Stacia and having her as a part of our life, like just getting so grounded and intentional about our spending and really allocating every dollar. And it's like, it's crazy how that has set up our future for where we want to be. 
in the long term. And, you know, the same thing works with our business coaching. Like Christina said, you know, I just took a big leap. I just invested $18,000 into my business so I can help better serve my clients and better serve more everyday athletes in the future. And taking that leap is uncomfortable. It is not, you know, something that's easy to do. But you you know in that practice and by doing so, you are going to learn lifelong intangible skills that you otherwise would never have learned on your own. And you're just going to keep spinning your wheels and spinning your wheels, doing the same things until you decide, you know, to take that leap in whatever area you're trying to get better in, in your life. And I promise you, it will expedite that process. And even in other areas of your business too, we've invested in coaching, but also like if you're an entrepreneur out there, like don't try to do it all on your own. Cause I tried to do my taxes on my own. I hired someone who was not the best and I'm still paying for it literally, but having a good accountant now, like we both have the same accountant, we both have the same financial coach. We both have invested in our own separate business coaching and we have other areas of our life, even like VAs, like we have invested in our businesses by hiring virtual assistants too, which helps us pour more into our clients and do that area of our business that we thrive in, which is doing check-ins, doing calls, having the time to podcast and all these other things. Investing in yourself can look different for everyone, but we highly recommend. That was a lesson I learned this year, big time. Number 10 is getting engaged changes your perspective and priorities. Literally the weekend that we got engaged, we were out in Hocking Hills. Like being in nature, I think brings you a lot of clarity. This was crazy. This was nuts. Literally, as we were driving to Hocking Hills, I had such perspective shift. I didn't even know we were getting engaged. And once we did, I'm just like, I'll do anything to like, create the best future for us now that we like it was like we always knew we were going to be together like in the future but once like it was solidified like once we got engaged I was just like I'm not doing anything that doesn't serve like our future together so that's when I made the decision like literally that weekend to go off on my own and coach again by myself for built and balance because I realized like what I was doing wasn't sustainable my mental health was being impacted and that could impact our future relationship our future family and just thinking about like what life would look like 10 years from now if I stayed in that position like once we got engaged I was like I'm not settling for any area of my life because now I know like what the standard is like for our relationship confidence to just take the leap. Yeah. And I kept saying like that this ring gave me like superpowers. I felt like Thanos with like the rings because like I just felt like a different I felt powerful. Yeah. I felt (laughs) with the rings. Great, great Marvel reference. Merging Marvel references. But anyways, um, it gave me just like a different confidence that I knew like he had my back, even though I've always known that, but I knew we'd be okay no matter what if we had each other. So taking risks and like changing that perspective just was different. It was just so powerful as we were literally driving out there. Like we just always kind of talk like when we're on long drives, we just kind of go back and forth and just get to talking about so many different things. And it was just so kind of weird that that weekend as you know, I'm planning to literally (laughs) ask Christina to be my fiance and my future wife. Like we're sitting there, you know, having these very deep conversations about what we want our future to look like. And it was just so profound because exactly what we were describing was so right in alignment with one another. You know, we were both very much so on the same page of what we wanted our lives to look like collectively. And it was really powerful. And I just think that, you know, having that perspective and being clear on priorities, especially in relationship is so freaking powerful. Like literally the, the, the power that it brought Christina to go off on her own, the clarity that it gave me on like who I wanted to serve. I know like during that time I was, you know, still trying to kind of win everybody over instead of like really diving into the niche and the and the and the group of individuals that hits home to me and like really relates heavily to me my story my situation my own trajectory and going through that alignment and experiencing that kind of gave me that okay and gave me the 
validation to go all in on, you know, what I wanted to do too. And I feel like we got so much clarity individually and what we were going to do, you know, professionally in our own businesses and entrepreneurship. And then we got so much clarity on what we were going to do collectively. So I think it's just so important for, you know, significant others listening to be aligned, you know, to really understand what you guys want individually. And then also coming together on what you want collectively, because obviously you guys are going to have like individual goals and individual needs. Like not all you guys are doing, you know, the same thing like we are. Like we're obviously in the same exact profession. Like a lot of you guys might not be. And that's okay. You can have different individual goals, but it's important to also have those priorities in alignment with what you both want out of life. Because if you both are kind of going in opposite directions or focusing on your own kind of stuff, it's going to be really easy to kind of start to separate um, and, and not be collective and in alignment with one another in what it is you're trying to achieve in life. So really work hard through that communication and through that vulnerability to figure out what you guys want your life to look like. And I feel like you'll gain a whole lot of perspective about you as a couple if you do so. And fun fact, I was actually journaling and goal setting for the year while Zach proposed. <laughs> I was journaling in bed doing my morning routine. And I was, I remember I took a picture of ghosts like the moment before you proposed. And I was like journaling my goals for the year as you walked in. I can, I can see where I stopped writing. It was so cute <laughs> to think about like how all of this goes hand in hand, which is giving me the chills. But number 11, diving into this one, big change in topic, but figuring out what alcohol works for your body and setting boundaries for yourself and what works for you. I feel like it's becoming very popular right now, which I love. People are kind of like pulling back from alcohol and just like creating a different relationship with it. And obviously like my business name is built in balance. Like I'm a very balanced person. I do drink margaritas and eat soul foods and things like that. But I feel like I didn't know how good I could feel until I slowly stopped drinking as much. I feel like once I became less stressed and I started focusing on like mental health and digestion, I started to realize like how good it feels. And then once we had like a couple drinks and went out, I realized like, oh, I forgot what this feels like to feel this bad. So it kind of helps me create that fine balance of myself. Like I used to be able to go out and drink a lot more. And I think that obviously with me turning 29 too, that obviously impacts how I feel with alcohol as we get older. But it really starts to impact like just that anxiety is real, like the anxiety, just like mental health, it really impacts my digestion. So I honestly, if I drink more than three drinks, like in a night, like my digestion's ruined for like three days, my energy is ruined, my recovery on my aura ring, like also having an activity tracker, it has a lot of pros. And I think a con is that it makes you almost too aware of how things affect your body. And when I see like, just a quick reference this weekend we had like three drinks on friday night we went out to you get did. some margaritas I had a little bit more <laughs> yeah yeah you had one more than me but i had three drinks and we woke up the next day normally my recovery is like 95 in the aura ring like my sleep and my recovery is like always 90 to 100 and it was 30 after three drinks 30 i had zero rem sleep which is the state of recovery where like mentally and physically you recover it was 30%, like basically on a scale of one, zero to 100, like in points, it went from almost 100 to 30. And if you do that a couple so times imagine in yourself, a weekend. Yeah, imagine someone who does that every night. And imagine the, like you're stressed, you're getting that lack of sleep, that lack of quality REM sleep. So then you're adding more, literally more fuel to the fire on top of that. And it's just an endless cycle and nasty loop to be in. And it's, you know, I, I really do believe like, we're not going to sit here and speak like we're perfect. Like I used to be terrible with alcohol. I used to have a horrible relationship with alcohol. I'm not going to sit here and act like, you know, I never had those days, you know, in the past that I was an idiot. 
And like Christina said, sometimes we literally have no idea how good we can really feel. Like I'm such a firm believer in working with, you know, a lot of men, you know, I see it a lot where, you know, they, they get in that routine. It's very easy. I mean, I feel like we all literally find any excuse possible nowadays to drink alcohol, like literally it's casual Wednesday night. Like we make up some excuse to like, just go drink or like on a random Monday night, we just make an excuse to go drink. And it's like, I feel like alcohol runs us. Like really think about like, do I have a good relationship with it where I have control over the alcohol or is the alcohol controlling me? And that's a really, you know, tough conversation to have with yourself and realize, but I truly believe it can impact the quality of your, of, of your happiness and your health in general. Cause like Christina said, sometimes like I'm a firm believer, a lot of people just have no idea what it even means to feel good. Like I didn't for a long time. I was caught in that loop of, you know, drink on Thursday, drink on Friday, drink all weekend. Then you're basically spending Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday recovering, trying to get yourself back to some sort of normalcy. And then bang, you're right back in that loop. And it's just a very vicious cycle to be in. And it's really hard to feel good at all, you know, mentally, especially. And it's like, we think it's helping with our stress, but it is literally like, it is making your stress literally 10 times worse. Like it is taking a major hit to your mental health. And I just like, I can't talk about this enough. Like, and we're not like, we're not vilifying it. Like you just heard us. Like we literally just drank on Friday. Um, like we will still integrate it into our lives. We are just so much more aware of it and we don't let it dominate us. Like we drink, you know, when we kind of want to, and then, you know, we don't when we don't. And it's like, we set those boundaries and we accumulate, you know, days where, you know, we, we go weeks without it. We go maybe even a month without it, but it's like, we don't let alcohol control us. You know, we control our intake. We control our boundaries and I think a lot of times it's like some people just don't know how good it really feels until you like literally spend maybe like one just spend like one week sober and just see what it feels like like it's it's literally life-changing like it's unbelievable the difference it makes for you um so just like be mindful of that intake once again we're not sitting here vilifying it we're not sitting here telling you don't ever drink another sip of alcohol we're just being real on the impact that it's having on your mental health and on your physical health and you have control over bettering those areas of your life yeah, and I think the biggest thing here is setting boundaries with yourself. Like we will, dr- like if we drink on a weekend, we'll pick one night. So if we have plans on Saturday, we're not going to go out. Like I used to do that. I'd be like, oh, I have plans Saturday. I'm going to also go out Friday night and maybe even tailgate on Sunday morning. But now I'm like, okay, I pick one one day, and now I have a limit. This week I learned it was three because I felt the impacts of it afterwards. <laughs> but figuring out like how many it takes for you to feel like okay the next day because like I, I don't think it's worth like going home and spending time with family on the weekend. I don't want to feel like a zombie <laughs> and I also don't want it to impact my day on Mondays because we work for ourselves. Like we have to show up and have energy. We record podcasts yeah, we can't on be Sundays. Like a piece of shit come Monday. Yeah, and we record these podcasts on Sundays usually. So honestly, having this podcast has helped us decrease our alcohol intake because we're like we've done podcasts where it takes us a long time to get like locked in and like create our thoughts because we had a night out the night before and we want to show up for you guys. We want to show up for our clients and also people in our lives. And we realize like after X amount of drinks, we can't do that. And after going out two nights, we can't do that. So now we've kind of reeled it in. We know how many per night, how many days per week we can drink. And it's not like super strict. I'm not going to be like, oh, you want to, you want to have a social event Friday night? Like can't go. I'm not drinking. Like, obviously, there's special occasions. There's exceptions to the rule. But you are what you do most of the time. So just be aware of also what kind of alcohol agrees with your body. Like, we figured out, sounds so bougie, but, like, that tequila, like, Casamigos is, like, the only thing that doesn't make us as hungover. But then we had, like, a high noon on Friday. And it does impact, like, the the type of alcohol you drink impacts how you feel. So just pay attention to how you feel after drinking a certain type of alcohol 
or a certain brand or how many you drink, how many days per week you drink. Just honestly, like have self-awareness around it. And I have to be even more self-aware because alcoholism does run in my family. And it's always something I have to be aware of, of like being in control of my relationship with alcohol. And I feel like that alone helps us be like okay what's our limits and reel it in just because we have to constantly be aware of that and if you're someone who runs in your family too like i feel like a lot of people don't talk about that but it's more common than you think and it's something you have to be aware of especially in this like era of our life like in our 20s because it's kind of the only thing for people to do if they're like single and going out it's very popular and so you just have to be aware of yourself or have your relationship with it your boundaries and create a healthier relationship with it in general Number 12 is stay in your lane. This applies to all areas. We've talked about it a lot when it applies to fitness, but this year as my life lesson, it really applied to me of like, I've gone from situations like career wise and fitness wise this year and gone through different seasons of my life where I had to decide like, what does success mean to me? Like I truly like on social media, don't care about like the number of my following. I care about the impact that I have. And I also when it comes to success in business, like I don't want to build like a coaching empire. Like I truly just want to have like work-life balance. I want to serve as many clients as I can personally and pour into them and like just change lives. Like there's a certain amount of success for other people that is honestly their jam. Like that's different from what is a success to me. And I'm staying in my own lane, like putting my blinders on on social media and in business. And like, I'm not letting my values like deter me. Like I'm not going off route because this year showed me a lot of like what my values are what I want my life to look like. And I'm just staying in my lane. Yeah, I can't, I can't speak to that enough, you know, especially business wise, like I battled that for a long time about, you know, trying to please everybody trying to serve everybody trying to be kind of the go to fitness person for everybody. And this the minute I decided to go all in on, you know, my the individuals that that I truly believe I can relate to and that I can serve at the highest level, my whole life, like my whole business changed, like by me going all in on that group and that demographic. So especially like for the entrepreneurs out there, you know, listening to this, like, please do not get it's a, like the social media is such a trap, like focusing on the metrics and all of that. Like we could obviously go down a whole rabbit hole talking about that, but like virality and a lot of those things, like I've had content go completely viral and blow up and I, it did nothing for my business. And I've had you know, other posts where I spoke to the individual that I really want to work with my, my ideal client. And I got a tenfold ROI for that versus something that went viral. Like it truly doesn't matter. So it's the impact, you know, that is what matters. That impact is what's always going to go the furthest and, you know, don't get distracted by the metrics and all those things. Like they are data points. Yes. You know, we can make an argument either way, but we've seen, you know, the direct impact of just staying in your lane and focusing on you, your people. Um, and, and the ROI for that is, is amazing. And so I do think that this can, this principle can truly apply to literally every area of your life, especially in fitness. Like as you guys are chasing your fitness goals and trying to make changes, like there will be other people. Like I have clients where, you know, it takes, it's a slower process for some. And then for others, it's fast as hell. Like it's always based off the individual. And so you have to really put on blinders no matter what area you're trying to like get better in, like truly throw on blinders and always focus on how can you be better than you were? Like not, how can I be better than this guy? How can I be better than this person or this woman? It's like, what can I do to push the needle forward for me? And that looks different for everybody. I couldn't agree more. And we're about at the halfway point of the life lessons. So we're going to break this into two parts, just like we did with Zach's. And we're going to record part two next week. But in the meantime, check out the show notes for all things Nash and applications. And we'll see you guys next week. And happy holidays. Peace out, guys.